They really wanted to refocus on Fila. And Beyond Yoga by Fila was doing really well. And as much as that was flattering and was a great job opportunity, it wasn't the path that I wanted because while I was in it to make money and be successful as an entrepreneur business person, I was equally as much in it for the body positivity and for the peace that really fed my soul. And so I said, thank you, but no thank you. And I took back Beyond Yoga and I re kind of structured and regathered and raised money and relaunched Beyond Yoga on my own. That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. Jody Gubrowski is the founder of Beyond Yoga, a luxury athleisure brand that empowers women of all shapes and sizes, setting a tone of body positivity and inclusivity. When Jody was a yoga instructor and life coach in 2005, she searched for but couldn't find stylish and flattering workout wear to complement not only her teaching and practice, but her life beyond the yoga mat. She wanted to create workout and lifestyle clothes that were stylish and easy to wear that people could feel confident in. Yoga ultimately led Jodi to her purpose. This drew her to launch Beyond Yoga so she could inspire other women to feel as empowered as she did. In 2006, she launched Beyond Yoga, a line of sophisticated basics that celebrate and inspire women in their workouts and in their lives. Beyond Yoga was created out of her personal experience growing up, struggling with self-esteem and body image issues. This concept continues to influence the overall vision, creative direction, and design of the company. She most recently sold Beyond Yoga to Levi's. She has an incredible story, and I had to begin by asking her how she found and fell in love with yoga. More from our guest, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hiring great employees and keeping them is part of the growth plan for your business. Trinet offers full-service HR solutions tailored to small and medium-sized businesses so you can retain talent and grow. We're talking access to top benefits, help with compliance and payroll, even when your team is remote or out of state. The works. Because Trinet gets it. Your people matter to your business. Learn more about their HR solutions at trinet.com slash podcast. That's T-R-I-N-E-T dot com slash podcast. Trinet. Incredible starts here. I definitely was exposed to it from a very young age, but it was never pushed upon me. I kind of found my way to it very naturally. So I'm sure I have my parents to thank for it being planted, having a seed planted, but it was pretty young. My mom was always really, really into it and got my dad into it. And so it was in and around me. Yeah. And I mean, eventually you became a yoga instructor. Yes. And and how did, talk to me about that because 
it's very interesting because when I look at your background too, and owning a PR agency, being a talent rep, and and then I see yoga instructor, you know, sometimes a lot of people don't put those things together. But for you, how did that happen? And why did you become a yoga instructor? So it's funny because, you know, there were times that in my life where I would change careers and my dad would be like, you're changing again. (laughs) And I felt, you know, I felt bad for a moment at the time, but I think a lot of what a lot of the reason that I'm here today talking to you is because I did follow that instinct. I did trust myself. I was authentic and true to myself. And when it wasn't right, I moved on. And what's really fascinating and what what is the expression? Hindsight is 2020. 2020, yeah. And so looking now from where I am and looking back, everything that I did fed so perfectly and beautifully into the business that I most recently created and sold. And at the time, I maybe at the time I didn't know that, but I trusted my instinct. And so it served me. But so yes, I was a talent agent um, at William Morris. I was, I had a PR company. I did PR and events, worked in fashion, worked in film production. And one day I stopped and I was like, what really, what do I really love? And one of the things I really love is helping people. And so I started doing, I started in the meantime, throughout this process, I had done some teacher trainings and became, uh, learned how to become, be a yoga teacher. And I did multiple teacher trainings. And in that process, I really got into, over that whole time period, I really got into yoga, learned how to teach yoga. And then I left what I was doing because it just wasn't satisfying me. And I decided to teach yoga and be a life coach. And while I was doing that, I was realizing there was something missing for me. I don't know if it's genetically in me or if it's just nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because I was around business my whole life in so many different ways, because I have a family who's in business in many different ways, but I knew something was missing. And so I sat down and thought about what do I love? And I loved yoga and helping people, which is why I started teaching yoga and doing that. But I felt like there was some essence that was missing. So like I said, I sat down and thought about what do I love? I love fashion. I love fitness. I love helping people. I love yoga. I love communicating, not communication. Like we're, this is a form of communication, but I really love getting in and having deep, meaningful conversations and sharing insights with people. And at the time, I was also the West Coast editor of a plus size magazine, which at the time was not a very sexy, chic thing to be. Right. It wasn't it wasn't the um, basically inclusivity and in, at the time. And yes, no, it was not in fashion. So <laughs> right. Right. And so at the time when I tried to get articles placed and I know I'm jumping around, but there is a linearness to the story. It was definitely an uphill battle to get these articles and to get people on board. Whereas today, everybody would do it because it's what's it's it's in fashion. It's what you're supposed to do. And I was a West Coast editor. So I really believed in body positivity and inclusivity even back then. This is 20 years ago. Mm. And I had this idea to do an active wear line. And at the time there were very few, I mean, of course, Nike and Adidas and the big, big players existed, but Lululemon wasn't in the United States. I don't even know if Lululemon had started at that point. It was right at, and I just did the interview with uh, Chip and I, I think it was like right at that exact time, like 
2005, I could be wrong, but like, oh, five, oh, six, like five is when they came to the U.S. Oh, when they came. Okay. I think they I'm pretty certain they started before that. But when I had the idea, Lululemon wasn't even on my nobody knew if I had asked anybody in the United States what it was, not a person would have known. And so I decided I wanted to do that. So I started buying blanks and playing around with them and and doing stuff to them to see if people liked what I did and liked my inspiration and people responded to it. And then I remember talking to a business associate of my mom's and he said to me, you really should reach out to one of the big companies. And because of my upbringing, because of my family and all the exposure that from a young age that I had to Deepak Chopra and Tony Robbins and spirituality and leaders in that area, I adopted a very optimistic, positive belief system. And so when he said that to me, of course, there was a part of me that was like, I mean, why would they want to do that with me? But then I thought, everyone has, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take it on and see what possibility is out there. Because the minute that you say no, and you tell the universe, no, the universe is going to give you back. No. So I was like, okay, well, let's see. And believe it or not. Well, you need to believe it because it happened. Um, (laughs) I got a phone call from Fila, the sports company, and they asked if I wanted to do PR for them and help them with getting their stuff on celebrities. And because my PR business, which I previously had done, did that, I said to them, I'm really not uh, doing PR anymore. I said, I'm a yoga teacher and life coach. And I'm going to launch my own yoga activewear line, uh, yoga line at the time. And they said, well, what if we do your yoga line? And I said, then I do PR. And so I started helping them get their track suits and stuff on celebrities. And we did Beyond Yoga by Fila. And so we started out there. And then there came a point where they asked me to help them build Fila and not Beyond Yoga. They really wanted to refocus on on Fila and Beyond Yoga by Fila was doing really well. And as much as that was flattering and was a great job opportunity, it wasn't the the path that I wanted because while I was in it to make money and be successful as an entrepreneur business person, I was equally as much in it for the body positivity and for the peace that really fed my soul. And so I said, thank you, but no, thank you. And I took back Beyond Yoga and I re kind of structured and regathered and uh, raised money and relaunched Beyond Yoga on my own. Which is great. And you look back, as you said before, and see why things happened and how they happened. And it's amazing what you were able to accomplish. And, and I want to get into that, but I also want to get into, you know, I have two girls they're in middle school right now it's a whole new world for you on many levels (laughs) yes it is a whole new world but you know they'll come home and get teased or this or and and we live in new york city too so it's like one of them's like 25 the other's like the opposite eight but it's it's also it's so important in terms of body image self-esteem And what was it about yoga that gave you that kind of integrity? I think what happened was, I don't think, I know what happened was I got into yoga as a physical practice and it was exercise and it was, and I I really loved it from a lot of levels. I loved going to the class. I loved my, Sean Korn was probably my original teacher and she was really big on 
the spirituality of yoga and being kind to yourself and the love and the, and the positivity you put out in the world. And as I got more and more into yoga, and as I started doing my own teacher trainings, I started to understand in a deeper way what yoga actually was. And I got into the science, the beliefs behind yoga. And there are, there are things, there's something called the eight limbs of yoga. And it was all about how you talk to people practicing nonviolence in words and an action. And, um, Will Smith could have used that, <laughs> Yes, but, um, uh, it was, you know, practicing. And as I got deeper and understood what was behind yoga, it impacted me in a deeper way of pulling more out of it than just a physical activity. And as that impacted me as a human more, I think that it was why I wanted to teach it. I wanted, to, and it was why I wanted to start this business beyond yoga because it was really important to me to somehow get out into the world. We need to love ourselves. Yeah. We need to be kind to ourselves. It's so interesting because, I mean, these are things that we hear, but how often do we hear whether it's, it could be your your wife, your children, your friend, your coworker who says something negative about themselves. And if you said that same thing to them, it wouldn't be okay. Oh, and, yeah. they would, and they would be like, that's not okay. But why is it okay for us to say it to ourselves? And so yoga really was the beginning of teaching me that. And I really try to take that into my world and into my day-to-day life, into my phone calls, into every aspect of my life. And I see how it's had an impact on the people around me. And it brings me a lot of joy and is very rewarding. So I think yoga was a, was a means to get it to more people on a regular basis. And then beyond yoga, even more so. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, it totally did. And, you know, it just like I always say to myself, if the way I talk to myself, if I had talk to anyone else the way I talk to myself, like exactly. I'd, be, I'd be arrested or, you know, like just that constant beating up and driving force there that is so negative. And I practice yoga and meditation, a lot of meditation, but it really is amazing how yoga was my first introduction to meditation with, you know, the Shavasana at the end of class, which I always look forward to, you know, like instead of like getting into that last pose, you know, Yogi's choice, I, I go right to Shavasana, but it really is interesting how you talk about what was important to you and spreading that. And it, it sounds like when with beyond yoga, it was more of a mission for you, so to speak, than this business. A hundred percent. It was definitely a mission, but I would be lying if I didn't say like, I wanted to find a way I wanted, it was important to me, not just to have a business. It was important to me to be, be able to support myself and give myself a life that I loved for myself alone. As a woman on my own, I grew up in a family with successful parents, a a father who was very business-wise successful. and. I wanted to depend on myself. I didn't want to have to depend on anybody else, man, woman, who, whatever it was. And so it mattered to me to find a marriage of the two. And I love giving back. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was a combination of how can I support myself? How can I give back? And how can I put this mission out into the world 
that I believe in that I think the world needs. And 20 years ago, athleisure and body positivity Mm. were not chic. And today (laughs) they are it. Yeah. Um, So I definitely was, I like to say that I didn't jump on a bandwagon. I was the bandwagon. You created the wagon in actuality. If you look back now, and and it's hard for people to know this, if you go back 20 years, 15, 10 years, no one talked about body in a positive form, like body image and inclusivity. And I remember those initial like Dove commercials were like the first time where it was regular people, but like you really it sounds like started beyond and and that was your mission. It's still a business and you had to jump off that diving board and start that business. What was that like for you? Well, first I was, it's, I love that you bring up Dove. I was very inspired by Dove. I was inspired by Benetton. I would say they were trailblazers in all the different ethnicities, Dove in all different body sizes. I was definitely inspired by them. And it was scary. It was definitely scary. I mean, I raised money and I was like, I got to pay this money back. (laughs) I had a fire lit underneath me and I jumped, I trusted, I jumped. And it was definitely, I was swimming upstream. I was swimming upstream because I was, I never owned my own business. I was never in fashion. I was never in uh, product, like um, clothing production. Uh, I mean, yes, I had some retail jobs and clothing stores, but that's not the same thing. And I basically, I self-taught myself and there were a lot of learning curves. There were pros and cons to that. I think the pros outweigh the cons. One of the things when I was first starting, I needed somebody to help me with the business. And somebody had recommended this woman to me who has since become my partner. But at the time I hired this woman, Michelle, and she helped me do things in the business. And one day heard me on on the phone and heard me trying to explain to the designer how I wanted something. And she said, you know, I'm a graphic designer. That's my trade. I can help you. And she went home that weekend and sketched out some things and made some other sketches of things and sent them to me. And I called her and I said, I think this relationship is about to change. And (laughs) um, we, we worked together for, we've been working together for 15 years and she became my partner and it, we, 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 we laughed, we cried, but we definitely look back and we realize that all the lessons that we learned when we jumped off that diving board, so to speak, that you asked about, we didn't know what a, sh- what a shrink test was. We self-taught ourselves. And the beauty of that was as we brought people into the business, we understood the roles that they did because we did them. And I For anyone out there that's listening and that's looking to start their own business, I highly recommend really working in all the different areas of the business. Even if you're working alongside someone, it gives so much perspective and so much understanding, and it makes your relationship with all the different hires that much better, stronger, more trusting, more understanding. So I I, I strongly recommend that. Yeah, I I agree with you completely having started a couple of businesses that were small and grew. And I started them never with capital. It was always, for the most part, learning how to do job one, then job two. And and you understand then what everyone is going through. And what I admire about you is just jumping in, right? Jumping into something that 
you know, so many people who listen to our podcast and, and want to be entrepreneurs, work at big companies, you know, they're worried they don't understand it. They don't know it. But I love the fact you said there's pros and cons, but learning from what you're doing and mistakes and changing, I've found just, you know, myself personally, I don't know if you too, that has been the reason I think I've been able to be successful with those businesses. No, I I definitely think so. I also have in the back of my head, I remember my dad saying from a young age, and I don't know where he got this expression from, but if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. (laughs) And so I trusted, I jumped. And also when I met Michelle, I said to her, the universe, I said, I know you're going to think I sound crazy. I said, but the universe supports beyond yoga and it's going places. And she was like, okay. (laughs) And very quickly saw that what I was saying was true because at every turn, different people that I knew in my life actually to tie this back. So I got into the business and I launched beyond yoga. And from all the different careers I had, I had relationships with managers, publicists, agents, celebrities, mm-hmm. all these different people. And it, it helped me in the marketing of Beyond Yoga. And so I had this well of plethora of relationships to, to pull from. And so I was able to get the clothing on to different people, whether it was Cindy Crawford, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Gwyneth Paltrow, all different people. And Every time I would turn around, something would happen like Reese, who I used to teach yoga to, would was photographed going into Jill Roberts. And in People Magazine, there was a picture and it said, Reese just spotted at Jill Roberts buying Beyond Yoga. And I'd call her and I'd be like, I'll send you stuff. And she's like, no, no, I want to support you. Or Cindy Crawford wearing it and then wanting to get by Beyond Yoga to gift to all her meaningful beauty editors. And it just, at every turn, it always happened that way. And so my my expression that the universe supports beyond yoga was strongly supported as time went on. And, and I love that. I love that positive attitude and feeling and, and, and intuition. There must have been tough days. Every entrepreneur goes through them. Was there ever a time where that was tested, your belief that the universe supports beyond yoga. And if there wasn't, or was there a time when with your yoga practice, you weren't a, it was hard for you to do because you were going through a lot of stress within building a business. Well, (laughs) any business person that doesn't have struggle or challenge is not in business. (laughs) That's the first thing I never doubted I never doubted that the universe supported it, but there were definitely times where I was catatonic on my couch, weeping, calling my parents, being like, what did I get myself into? Oh my God, I'm in over my head. This is, and fortunately I have very supportive parents who were there for me and they were like, supported me if it wasn't what I wanted to do, but strongly found words of encouragement and ways to like really remind me of my commitment to it. And I persevered, but I mean, multiple times that happened and multiple times there were, we shipped something to one of the big box vendors and they have such strict rules. And it was like, you know, you got slapped with a $25,000 
deduction or a store that placed a big order decided to cancel and or production messed up. I mean, every turn there's something and you have to learn, you have to learn how to pivot. You have to learn how to, what's the expression? How to make, how to make lemonade uh, out of lemons. Yes, exactly. You know, and so that happened many times. And I think it's the, the really trusting of the bigger picture that carried us through. Yeah. It's such a great point there. Like you said, in business, there's so many challenges. And if, if there aren't, you're really not in business and it's getting through them and figuring out how for that not to happen the next time or learning, or maybe you come up with a new idea because something, you know, caused you an issue that helps you grow. And I, I love that about being an entrepreneur, but when you're in that moment and they slap you with a $25,000, you know, fee or, you know, whatever it might be, it's so hard. And that's why I think what's very interesting with yoga, I go to and take yoga to decompress after the day, to let that business part out. And it's very interesting while you were building this and going through those challenges, were you still able to stay as focused and in tune with your yoga practice while when you were a teacher? Yes. One of the things that Physical activity has always been something that's really important to me. So it's like how your mind clears and how you stay. Totally. Physical sane. activity is how I stay <laughs> sane and survive. The endorphins, the dopamine. But one of the things that Michelle and I used to do when we when we were first building the business, we it was out of my apartment and she would come to the apartment. The Beyond Yoga offices were in my guest room. She'd come over. We would walk to the gym down the street from me. I got memberships for both of us and we would work out, do yoga, and then we'd come back, shower and get to work. So it was, it was always a part of our life routine. So it was, it was always very important. I love that. I'm, I'm the exact same way. If I did not work out seven days a week in different formats, I don't think I could completely be sane or handle my work, the stress and from myself would just be too difficult. And it does, it's amazing what those endorphins do and the activity. And especially when you mix yoga with the breathing work. And for me is, is, has always been helpful. And I want to ask, was there a time, it's funny, you talk about you and Michelle and your guest rooms, the office, but you obviously grew and we'll talk about that. But was there a point or time and when was it when you were like, hey, like we've really built something here. We've got something like I feel, I feel successful. And I don't know if you've ever felt that because that comes from internally, but was there a point where you were like, hey, this is the real deal. I think I felt that from the beginning because of how I manifested the whole Fila part. I think I felt that, but I really felt it once I launched the first season and saw that it was doing well and saw that we had something real. I I was really proud and I felt successful, but I think there was a tipping point where I re, where we both really we were like wow, like we were a $4 million mark for a while. 
And then once we got over that hump and we got to like the $10 million mark, it was, that's when it was like pretty like, wow. But even then, even when we were 4 million, I was like, we have a company that doing $4 million in sales and we have employees and we're supporting people around us. And so it felt very rewarding even then. I think, I also think for your listeners, I think it's really important to find the success all along the way. If your success is only measured by the end result, you're missing out because the journey is equally as important as the outcome, if not more important. I mean, you have to find joy and pleasure in the journey or it's just not as rewarding. So yes, the long answer, the short answer after the long answer to that is I did feel successful along the way. And there were many times where people came to us and were interested in the business, interested in investing. And we really were, we really loved what we were doing. We loved being in control of our own destiny and being our own bosses. And so we chose to keep building and growing on our own because we knew we could, and we knew what we had, and we knew the way we were received in the marketplace. More from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsors. If there's nothing else you've learned from this podcast, I hope it's that mistakes are okay. As a startup, you're going to be challenged by things you've never dealt with before. We know because we were a startup too. If you get everything right, congrats. You're the king or queen of awesome. The key is that we figure it out, right? Often using what we learn from getting things wrong. A lot of you are figuring out how to optimize your cloud computing situation right now. Let's say you're building a new company headquarters. Do you hire an electrical contractor with one star and no recommendations? Of course not. You take the highest ranked, most recommended electrical contractor that's available to you. So when you're standing up your cloud technology to power your startup, you can take chances with some other cloud computing company that few people have heard of, or you can go with Oracle. Yes, Oracle, a name that big is available to your startup through their Oracle for Startups program. 70% of cloud services, free cloud credits, multi-cloud support, mentorship, connections to other big Oracle customers. I mean, seriously, who wouldn't want all that on their side? Get pros on your side while you're figuring cloud out. Check out Oracle for Startups at www oracle.com slash success. And our next sponsor. This episode of How Success Happens is being presented by State Farm. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you're all alone, especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know you're not alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash small business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we're back. Eventually, and we can get to it, you built this incredible business 
And you were approached numerous times, I'm sure by VC, other manufacturers, but you eventually decided to sell the business to Levi's. And what was the reasoning behind finally saying, you know what, now's the time to do this? So when Levi's came to us, because they came to us, we weren't looking. And Michelle, my business partner, shared it with me. At first, we thought that they were just wanting to do a collaboration. So we didn't really think anything. We were like, great. And when we, after you know, a little bit of time of, of going back and forth and having discussions, when we realized it was for a larger transaction, we definitely had a lot of talks about it, talked about what that meant. And I think that one of the selling points for us was there was a Levi's commercial that I loved. It was called Circles. And I had come to Michelle years prior and I said, this commercial, this is who we are. This is what I want to be. And it was a commercial of all ages, all ethnicities, all sizes, dancing in circles, all religions. And it just was like, it just, it moves you. And so when they came to us, it was this moment of, oh, like this might be the moment. Like, and when we realized this is such a, an Americana iconic brand (laughs) that is also global and has the reach and the funds to really take beyond yoga to the next level. It felt right. And it was definitely scary. And I think it still is scary. You know, when you go from a company that's basically run by Michelle and I, and then all of a sudden this publicly traded behemoth, now the parent, it's a big difference. So I think that 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 was probably, it was the most exciting part and the scariest, most challenging part all at the same time, but worth worth the, so to speak, jump off the diving board again. Yeah. And how has it been for you and Michelle since the, the sale of the business and fit, you know, it's very hard for entrepreneurs a lot of times to let go and especially going to a global, like you said, business where there's got to be bureaucracy. And a lot of times entrepreneurs will complain just to get something done. I could have got done in a minute phone call. Now it's like 10 people up, you know, so how has that been for you and, and Michelle personally? Uh, Well, what I noticed was during the deal process, I saw how much more complex it was. Michelle and I would have a conversation and make a decision. And when we were dealing with them, there were many more levels. I mean, you have a board and you're publicly traded. And so there's there's a lot of more securities and things you have to protect against. Um, I, Michelle went on to be the CEO of Beyond Yoga under Levi's. I did not. So for me, it's very different for me now. I think the harder part for me was letting go of my child. You know, you birth this child and I had this, I had this experience along the way because as the company grew and as we hired people, you know, we hired a marketing team. And I remember at that moment, it was challenging. I had to like, the way we articulate it was I had this baby and now all of a sudden I dressed it and I fed it and I raised it. 
And now all of a sudden the baby's going to high school and someone else is going to dress it and someone else is going to decide what high school it goes to. And I was like, Ooh, that's really strange. And so I had to, I had to release the reins and I had to empower other people and you have to stop micromanaging. And so I learned that as the process went. So for me, it was a 20 year cycle. So I felt sort of ready. I felt like I got what I needed out of it and I felt hugely successful and I'm really excited to see what it does opening up stores and building the brand and taking, making it more global. And I really think that there is a lot of life to be on yoga and a lot of growth that's going to happen. I know that it's different for Michelle, even if she said nothing to me, it has to be Yeah, her coming to me and saying, should we do this is different than her going to them and saying, should we do this? And so I know there's a learning curve in that for her. And I think it's exciting. And I think there's a lot of opportunity in that for her too. So again, just like in our process over the last, her and I together for 15 years, letting go and figuring out and taking the steps and a step backwards, three steps forward. She'll have that in this process, but I think there's a lot of excitement too that lies ahead. And how's that been for you just as an adjustment to lifestyle? And like you said, it's like, like you're an empty nester, right? Like your baby gets out. How has that been for you personally and feelings wise? Just, I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment and, and you put it in the right place. But personally, from that standpoint of how you feel, how have, have things changed? I think that for me and for the way I look at life, I make a decision and I accept it. And so I made this decision and I accepted it and I feel really good about it and I'm excited about it. I mean, come back to me in a few years and ask me and maybe it'll be the same answer. Maybe it'll be different. I want to see my legacy go on. I want to see it be more successful. I want to see the messaging be bigger and bolder and reach more people and be more global. And if that happens, then it's exactly what I wanted. And I'm holding a space of trusting that that's what will happen because I believe that that's what Levi's wants to happen too. They believe in the brand. They believe in the messaging. So I'm holding strong and, and in faith that it's going to be that. Yeah, well, I take it. You saw that commercial. You remembered that, that when you can see something like that, you could really kind of understand a brand's ethos. So it sounds like you knew that and put it in the right place. And before I let you go, I want to ask you if you were someone right now who is working for a big corporation and has been wavering on that diving board to take the jump or to, to stay in corporate America but you really want to start a business, you have a passion for any words of advice. And I know everyone's different, different situations, but like, is there anything you would say or recommend or, or thoughts if you were that person? You have a great idea, run it by them. And if you find that the idea is being well-received by a lot of people, 
that would be the first indication that, you know, maybe it's something that you should experience. If you can then find a way to raise the money to do it, that's another, the universe, again, telling you, you should do it. I mean, realistically, what's the worst thing that happens? You go back to corporate America. But having said that, not everybody has access to financiers, not everybody. But I believe that if you really believe in yourself, there is a way. I mean, when I look around and I see people who have all different types of handicaps, physical, mental, emotional, all the different, and and they persevere and they're successful, it reminds you that you can be successful, you can accomplish, you can overcome obstacles. So I think that without, this is going to sound corny, where there's a will, there's a way. And there are so many different, depending on what you want to do. There are angel investors. There are people out there who are looking to support the underdog. There are grants. There are, so there are, there are so many ways. If you put yourself out there and you ask enough people, you'll find solutions and you'll find opportunities, but you have to put yourself out there. You can't just think about it and want to do it and just stay in your, in your rut because it's not going to come to you that way. You got to step just outside your comfort zone. I love that. And, uh, you know, I hope so many people who listen to this podcast, we have entrepreneurs, but there's even more that they're just kind of tiptoeing the line. And I'm sure that'll be inspiration for them. And you certainly have provided incredible inspiration. I love going after something you love and building a business around it. And something especially like yoga, which spiritually and just the message behind most all of yoga and teachers is about goodness. It's really incredible what you've done and what you've built. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I had one other thought to end with. A lot of the times I think that people, not forget entrepreneurs, human beings, we naturally, we have fear. We, different things hold us back. And what I encourage everybody to do, no matter who you are, what field you're in, take chances, take risks, because so often we hold ourselves back because we think we know the answer to something. You know, we think if we ask that person, they're going to say no, or if we ask that person, they're going to give us the answer we don't want. Don't make that assumption. The, what's the expression? When, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Yeah. And I think that, if I had assumed that, I wouldn't be where, where I am. You could, and one of the things that stuck with me, I remember my aunt, when I was younger, there was a TV show called Moonlighting that Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd were on. And I remember my aunt ran into Bruce Willis and she went up to him and she said, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I just want you to know you're amazing in the show. And he actually said to her, you'd be surprised how many people don't say it to me because they think that I hear it all the time. And it stuck with me. And I would take that and translate that into so many different areas of our life. You don't know. Don't assume the guy or girl will say no to asking them out. Don't assume the business person will say no to lending you money. Don't assume your friend doesn't want to get into business with you. Take the chance and ask because the worst you can get is a no. And what's what's a no? My dad will always say, no is a dyslexic on. So <laughs> you know, just keep moving on. I love that. 
What a great way to end. Jody, thank you again so much. Such a great interview. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, it. I can't wait to hear and see where you go in the next few years. And uh, I'm sure we will be talking to you again about something else soon enough. So thank you. Thank you. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman. that's R-O-B-E-R-T-T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.